Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first timer, welcome aboard. Just a quick reminder, if you need an Astros fix, check out yesterday's show with Climbing Towels Hills, Rob Fontenot. For every listen we get, your Alvarez promises. He promises to hit a home run. So there's your incentive. Go back and listen to that one. But back on the show with me for this one is a member of the Houston Sports Media Bajani Dynasty and part of the Athletics (laughs) Houston Rockets team, Ali Bajani. Are you ready for what I like to call NBA Christmas, Ali? NBA Christmas, oh man. Yeah, it's going to be a very busy time of year. I can't wait. Let me start with uh, Tom Ball's own Jimmy Butler. Should Rockets Nation be excited that Butler is yet to opt out of the last year of his deal, possibly opening the door for the Rockets? Yes and no. I, I think ultimately, no matter what happens, if he opts in or opts out, um, the Rockets will be interested. They are very confident that they have a great chance at getting Jimmy Butler. And I definitely do think that bringing a guy of that caliber to this roster would definitely vault them back into that conversation um, to be one of those contenders in the Western Conference. He's a guy, um, Daryl Moore didn't expl- explicitly say that they're going after Jimmy Butler, but a few days ago, um, he said that he's looking for somebody who can get to three levels of the defense. And Jimmy Butler is that guy who's able to shoot uh, mid-range shots, able to shoot threes, able to get to inside the, and make some shots around the rim. Um, and he's a great defender, a guy who's um, somebody who can help your per- perimeter defense. Um, and the Rockets are a team that like to switch everything. Um, so if you have a guy like that who you can rely on, um, that gives your team a great shot, especially in a wide-open Western Conference. Do you feel like he's the plan A for Daryl Morey, the signing Butler? Oh, no question. No question. I, I definitely do think that he um, – obviously, if you're talking about all the uh, high-priced free agents, Kawhi uh, for any team would be um, everybody's top choice. Uh, but if you look at what's out there right now and – in terms of what this Rockets team could utilize as a guy like Jimmy Butler, who's great in isolation, who's also somebody who can knock down some catch and shoot shots. Um, I do think that the Rockets are optimistic. They have a chance at least uh, in the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes. All right. If they sign and trade for Butler, would Eric Gordon or Clint Capella be the sign and trade option? Or is there another way to get it done? Man, um, that, that is a very good question. I, 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 think that when you look down to it trade aside and kind of where the roster stands right now I'm a big advocate for keeping Clint I think when you look at how wide open this Western Conference is you have teams like Denver teams like Portland teams like now the Los Angeles Lakers uh, the Utah Jazz those guys are making winning moves to put themselves in position to at least make a run for it next season while the Warriors are down. And if you look at those teams, those are some teams Clint Capella has had success against in the playoffs and in the regular season. Um, let's look at Denver with Nikola Jokic. The way Clint runs the ball and trans, uh, runs the floor in transition, he's able to beat Jokic down every single time down the floor. They have to kind of collapse the paint kind of stop uh, stop Clint from getting going. Uh, let's look at Gobert. The way he can match up athletically against Gobert is a big thing for the Rockets um, in that matchup. So when you look at these different things, Clint is such an important factor. He just turned 25 years old uh, during the month of May. He's only just starting that big contract, and that's a great team-friendly contract as well. So if it comes down to I think Clint's contract is a great asset, but when you're looking at trying to compete in the Western Conference, you have to keep your trust in Clint. 
and allow him to grow his confidence and let him be aggressive. He's somebody who I definitely think uh, will prove Rockets fans wrong, especially next season when he doesn't have to worry about that one matchup who always gives him problems, and that's the Warriors. The conversation is kind of narrowed on Jimmy Butler, but is there a free agent or another all-star level player that you could see the Rockets signing or even trading for? I, I wouldn't say never when it comes to Daryl, and there's probably going to be conversations as we approach. But from everything I've heard as of right now, uh, it looks like the focus is on Jimmy, but we will see what happens as we approach free agency. A thing I heard when I first started covering uh, basketball to this level is that a lot of things start happening the week before free agency starts. Um, and so since we are in Monday and free agency does start next week, we're going to hear a lot of different things this week and we'll see what happens. But I definitely do think the Rockets will be in the thick of a lot of conversations. They focused on building a team for Golden State small ball lineup the last couple of years. They no longer have to build their team like that. Ali, I, I just don't think that that's going to be the case with uh, Kevin Durant out for the year, Clay Thompson injured most of the year, and and maybe uh, they're not going to be one of those teams at top of the Western Conference uh, unless they somehow manage to get more depth in another way. But does Daryl Morey need to try to get bigger this offseason? And if he does, how can he do that? Personally, I, I think the Rockets' biggest issue uh, last season, uh, when you watch the film, is that they were much smaller than the year they went to the Western Conference Finals. If we look at the tape and we look at the minutes distribution when they did play the Warriors this past playoffs, they played a lot of their small ball lineup. They kind of went away from what they wanted to do, and that's playing Clint uh, for 30, 35 minutes a night. And they went to those lineups where they had four guards with Austin Rivers and Eric Gordon alongside James Harden and Chris Paul. And they went to P.G. Tucker at 6'6 as their center. That works when you're switching everything and all the initial actions. But when it comes down to, let's say, Clay Thompson or Steph Curry hit, uh, shooting a contested shot, and if they're missing, that puts your defense in a very bad position because you have a small trying to rebound the basketball. And that's where the Warriors killed the Rockets were those second-chance opportunities. Um, and so if you want to have better success, not only against the Warriors – but against all these different teams, all these different teams, you have to get bigger. You have to be more versatile. The Rockets, these last few off seasons, have been chasing the Warriors, and they've kind of adapted their scheme to be elite at switching everything. Now you're going to have to be able to be elite at not just switching, but be able to play drop coverage, where that's when the big is back stationed in the paint, or playing ice coverage, when that's when a perimeter defender is forcing the ball handler towards the sideline. You have to be able to do all these different things and. The Rockets just don't have that personnel right now. I mean, they barely have a bench, and the only bench player they have signed is Nene, um, along with Isaiah Hardenstein and Gary Clark and guys like that. But you need more depth. You need another guy like Trevor Ariza, uh, a three or four who can kind of rebound the basketball, play some printer D, and most importantly in the offense, knock down those corner threes. How do you feel about some of the cheaper option big men like Robin Lopez, Dwayne Dedman, Todd Gibson? Are those the type of guys that maybe the Rockets need to look at? Because Nene's getting older, uh, you're, you're saying Capella's here, but you would have the option to trade him if there was somebody that you know could really upgrade you in a big way if you were able to get a, a big guy that you were comfortable with if Capella is gone. So are, are those guys that you're, you're looking at as options for the Rockets to maybe improve that size and improve that depth there? Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I, I think you know the, we, we have to be careful with a lot of these rumors that do come out. For example... 
the rumors that, oh, the Rockets could have traded Eric Gordon, Clint Capella, and things like that. I do think if the deal presented itself and a transaction was there where the Rockets roster improved mightily and they, they were able to get multiple different assets for those guys, they, those moves would have been made. There's a lot of there's a lot of different moving parts that go with these, but I think that's Daryl's MO. Daryl consistently is looking to get his team in a better position. So if that means they can use Clint Capella's contract as an asset to do that, they will. That's not saying that they're going to trade him or they want to trade him. I think more so this offseason, just kind of gauge uh, where Clint is at in the trade market, where Eric is at. That's something Daryl does every single offseason. Uh, but to answer your question about some guys to look at, you know, the trade deadline, a deal that was very close to happening was bringing Jermichael Green to the Rockets. And I, I think that's somebody to keep an eye on um, in terms of um, a player that I really do think can make uh, make a big impact on the team. Will it take the full mid-level exception to bring a guy like that over, or could they sign up for the veterans minimum? That's That remains to be seen. I think that's where the Rockets um, are going to have to be flexible. If they're going to use that mid-level exception to bring in a starting caliber wing, that leaves the rest of your roster from rotation members 7 through maybe 10 uh, as veteran minimum signings. Are there going to be enough guys who are willing to make that sacrifice to play for your ball club, who are willing just to take a veteran's minimum contract rather than more uh, money through that mid-level exception? So that remains to be seen. Uh, but there are plenty of guys out there as wings, as three, uh, 3 and D guys who would fit on this team. And it's all just going to be about are they willing um, to take that veteran's minimum uh, once that mid-level exception for the Rockets is gone? You can never have enough depth. You try to build this team if you're Daryl Morey to to go out and get somebody like a Jimmy Butler, but you still have to figure out ways to improve yourself and and you might have to give something up if you get Jimmy Butler. You know, when I'm looking at this alley, I'm looking, okay, you you've got maybe that option of getting Jimmy Butler in, in some sort of sign and trade. The other way you can improve things is with the mid-level exception, but also I'm wondering, do you see alley somebody that maybe is out there that they could get with a trade exception. And, and why don't we see more deals with the trade exception? It's, it's not going to be big money, but they, they do have these two and $3 million trade exceptions. They've, they've made with a number of the moves that they've had over the last couple of years. Do you see that as a possibility? I, I do, but you know, see, this is where I, I try to learn as much as I can about the cap. I'm in the salary salary cap and things like that. Um, but there's differences between being as a team that's, that's hard capped um, and being a luxury tax team. And ultimately, when it comes down to it, those trade exceptions uh, could kind of hinder the Rockets' flexibility um, with different things. Not saying that it won't happen, not saying a deal can't be made out there. But just as of right now, I don't really see the Rockets using those trade exceptions as a way to kind of upgrade the roster. More than anything, I think we're going to see uh, if it's a brick free agent, we're most likely going to see a sign and trade. I mean, not most likely. That's the main way it's going to happen. If the Rockets are going to get a Jimmy Butler or a very prominent star on this team to join James Harden and Chris Paul, that it will have to be done through sign and trade. If you're going to bring guys in on the roster who are veterans, it's going to be done uh, through these veteran minimum deals and through these mid-level, the mid-level exception. Um, I just don't foresee um, them using those trade exceptions to upgrade the roster. You think Daryl regrets it all, the Amon Shepard trade, because it would be nice maybe to have that Brandon Knight 
as a trade chip, as somebody that you could send salary going the other direction. And they really didn't use Shumpert a ton in the playoffs. He wasn't a major factor. He got a few minutes, but you know, it's not somebody that really moved the needle. And and maybe that that ability to have a trade chip right now would would be a, a big help for the Rockets. Yeah, no, I mean the first round pick is always useful, but the Rockets were involved in trade conversations during this past Thursday's draft including starters, including roster players, including future draft picks. They were in conversations to get themselves involved in the draft. It didn't work out the way it did. So I don't necessarily think that he – like, I mean, obviously having a, as many trade assets as you can is great. Um, but ultimately, the Rockets made a move. They needed to get some more depth, especially at that three spot they did. Um, when Howe struggled in games one and two, you had Shumper there to plug in against Golden State, and he actually played some great minutes – um, I think a definitely a great option there, um, if you can if you can think about it, is bringing Shumpert back on a one-year deal with a balloon salary with that cap hold that he has and using him as a trade asset um, heading into the season on an expiring contract. I think that's something that is definitely feasible of happening. Uh, will it happen? Will, will remain to be seen. I think financially that's something that could happen. But when it comes down to Brandon Ina's first-round pick, oh, yes, they definitely uh, – having any assets whatsoever would be great, but I think – Ultimately, that trade was made for the right reasons. If health was there um, and they were able to kind of have um, the depth they needed, they would have been fine. I think Shumpert uh, would have been successful. Um, but like I said just earlier, even before the Shumpert trade, they had another trade that was uh, getting ready to go through. Um, and there was a possibility of Jermichael Green uh, joining them from Memphis. And if that, if that would have happened, that was their stretch four they needed, their backup stretch four, because we both know how much they played P.J. Tucker um, in the playoffs, as that backup four, backup five, and we know how much they had to rely on Daniel House to be that backup. So who knows if Jamichael Green was here in the playoffs, could that have changed different things? Pretty sure the Rockets would have been much more confident if that deal had gone through. They signed undrafted free agents Chris Clemens, Shamari Pons, Moses Brown, William McDowell White. Any of those worth keeping an eye on? Yeah, um, I, I definitely do think Shamari Pons is somebody who is worth keeping an eye on, definitely because of how well he's measured in statistical models. The Rockets do like uh, looking at draft picks and people who do fit um, their style of play, number one and two, who fare well in these statistical models, and he's somebody who's done well there. Uh, Chris Clemens is somebody who I'm really intrigued by. He's a great um, basketball player. Even though his size is limiting, he's somebody who does not let that get to him. He's very athletic as a 44-inch vertical. He can flat out shoot the basketball. Obviously, defensively is where um, it's going to come down to for both those guys as being undersized. Um, But if you look at it with the way the Rockets um, coaching staff um, and the G League, the way – their player development staff works. They take strengths and try to make them into something they can use on the roster. Uh, Both those guys are small, but they have very quick hands, something that's a big asset, especially defensively when you're switching so much. You have to be able to use your hands to your advantage, but without fouling. And those two guys have done a great job, um, according to scouts I've talked to. So maybe that's something the Rockets can use. Um, I wouldn't foresee them uh, getting significant playing time, but if Obviously, as we saw last year, if injuries happen, anything anything is possible. But those two guys are definitely going to get a lot of play time in the summer league. You're going to see a lot of scoring with those two. And let's see if they can find a way to make this roster or get a two-way deal uh, to put themselves in position um, to earn some playing time, especially uh, down south with the Vipers. How much of this James Harden-Chris Paul feud do you buy into? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> there was In the story, I remember there was a – 
there was a part that talked about the players hadn't talked for two months or something like that. I was there in the playoffs. That's not true. As has been reported widely, and especially on Twitter, they sit next to they sit next to each other on the plane on flights. They play cards. Um, I remember there was a time in the locker room towards the end of the season um, when all the all the guys, Gerald, James, Chris, like all, all all everybody in the locker room was just having a good time and you know just looking forward to the playoffs, and they were just going to go um, hang out and do different things. Like these guys have great camaraderie, and when you're on the floor and when you want to win. You're going to get into some conversations. You're going to kind of get into each other's face and want what's best for the team. I think ultimately all this stuff has been overblown and blown out of proportion. Um, If you're a Rockets fan, rest assured that those two guys are in good shape. Um, They have a great relationship with each other. But don't get me wrong. They want to win. They want to win. And if you are two guys who are future Hall of Famers and you've been this close this many times together – and for both of them, that's twice. You want to be able to get through that wall. Um, and I think the Rockets are doing everything they can to ensure that they're surrounding those two guys with the necessary roster players, with the necessary um, system, with the necessary coaches, everything they need to be successful. And I think you're going to see that um, as we head throughout the summer and into the next season where those two guys are going to be engaged, are going to continue to find a way uh, for this Rockets team uh, to be successful. So I wouldn't make too much of uh, those rumors definitely um, we at the athletic reported that there was something after game six that happened um, but that just happens when you're in the heat of the moment um, and when you do want to win as much as they both want to things like that happen um, but I don't think it's something that they hate each other or things like that they just want to win 25 years ago Saturday the Rockets won their first championship alley I was at college at Missouri on the phone with one of my best friends from high school during those last few minutes of game seven I had him turn up the volume on his radio so I could listen to Gene Peterson and Jim Foley on the call there might have been a few tears uh it it was unbelievable (laughs) I'm guessing that you literally have no memory of the championships right I don't want to make you feel old, but I wasn't born yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. So I'm wondering, have you gone back to watch the games from the championships years? And do you do you own the Clutch City DVD set? Oh man, growing see growing up in Houston and growing up around these Houston sports teams, the Rockets were the only positive thing that existed. Um, and so yes, I like on YouTube. I would, when I I would wake up for breakfast some days, I would just randomly put on. Game five, game six, game seven, and just watch those um, games throughout the series and see how well Hakeem played and see how well Vernon Maxwell played. I mean, those were some really, really good teams. Um, And it makes me, as a side plug, but just makes me think of it's incredibly crazy, incredibly stupid that Rudy Tomjanovich is not in the Hall of Fame considering he's been such a revolutionary coach and revolutionary figure in the NBA. But that that's that remains, you know, to be seen what happens. I really do hope he makes the um, Hall of Fame soon. He deserves it. Um, but no, back to your point on the championship. No, I, I definitely do. Um, growing up, I definitely did watch myself a lot of Hakeem being Muslim myself. Um, he is somebody that a lot of us, um, I can't speak for everybody personally, for me, that I look up to as a Muslim ambassador, that given that platform, given that stage, he was able to kind of um, educate others about our religion and being able to, you know, still to this day, go back and watch his clips and see how well he played and see him reach that pinnacle twice um, and be a finals MVP, be a defensive player of the year. Um, that's, that's something that I'm always uh, going to hold on to. 
just want to remind people that if you listen to this show, you might have heard this already, but for those that are new listeners, go back and check it out. Go into our archives because uh, you might not remember this guy, Allie, but there was a uh, Robert Falkoff was the Houston Post Rockets beat writer, and, and I did an hour conversation with him uh, covering the championships, and, and he wrote Dreamland, the inside story of the 93-94 Houston Rockets championship season. So he, he wrote a book about that particular season. He also wrote Rudy T's bio, A Rocket at Heart. Uh, just a great conversation with him. He was the Rockets beat writer for the Houston Post, like I said, for 15 years leading up to that 95 championship. So some great insight uh, by him. Uh, before I let you go, Ali, you and Kelly will be busy on The Athletic, I'm sure, over the next week. Uh, tell people what's going on over there and, and uh, how, how they can subscribe. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very busy uh, few weeks and month ahead. Um, free agency starts, as we all know by now, June 30th um, in the evening. And so it's going to be a great time for you to get subscribed to get our latest. Uh, we're going to have a lot of free agency stuff coming this week. Um, personally, on my end, I'm going to have something on Clint Capella coming out. I was able to talk to him and I will have a story on what he's been up to um, here in the offseason and what, what where do the Rockets go from here with Clint? Um, and so a lot, a lot of uh, insight from um, the playoffs and what happened afterwards uh, for Rockets fans to see what's going on with him. So that should be uh, something I hope people uh, will be able to read to. And if you ever want to read, you can always download our app. It's go on the Apple Store or Google Play and type in The Athletic and you def- you get three free reads. Um, and so definitely check those, check that out. And if you end up liking all the articles and not just our stuff, but we we literally have a writer for every single sport and every single major market in the country. Not just every single major market, every city in the country, I feel like. Um, and it's growing more and more each day. Um, and so at least do yourself a favor, download the app, take a look, or get the free trial and take a look. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Um, we have a lot of rocket stuff on our end. We need to have text and stuff coming up since training camp is about to start um, in, in, in a couple of weeks. And then we have the Astros in the midst of everything. So it's a great time to be a Houston sports fan um, and just to make sure to check us out at theathletic.com. Uh, and I would think that it would be a good idea this week for Rockets fans to put your alert on your Twitter for uh, at Rockets underscore insider and at Kelly Ico NBA, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think that's a good time. Uh, we won't. I, I'm going to try my best not to tweet anything else uh, but free agency stuff over the next few weeks. All right, sounds good. It's always fun to catch up with you. I love the Bajani family. You know, I'm buddies with your your uh, brother, Sean, so it's always good to catch, catch you, man. Thank you so much for having me on. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.